Start your electric journey right here, right now. With a Volvo XC90 Recharge, our plug-in hybrid SUV with extended range. For more everyday electric journeys on a single charge with a hybrid option for longer adventures. Contact your local retailer to book a test drive or design your own vehicle at volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. The electric car with a backup plan. Hey, math fans, Jason Marshall, Math Dude here with your weekly dose of quick and dirty tips to make math easier. Math is known for precision. Answers to problems are usually black and white, right or wrong, right? It's true that math is usually extremely precise, but ambiguity does occasionally creep in. Just like English, the language of math isn't always exactly, well, exact. In this episode, we'll talk about two specific examples of this ambiguity. The first is interesting, but ultimately benign, whereas the second could definitely get you into a bit of trouble. We've talked a lot about positive and negative integers, and how to add and subtract them by visualizing stepping along the number line. Though this interpretation is helpful, it's not unique. At the end of the last episode, I asked you to contemplate how financial transactions, like deposits, withdrawals, and debts, can be used to help you understand what you're doing when adding and subtracting positive and negative numbers. How does it work? Here's the gist. Imagine you open an account with an initial balance of $0. Depositing money into the account is identical to adding a positive number to the balance, and withdrawing money is identical to adding a negative value, or equivalently, to subtracting that value. For example, when you physically deposit $20 into your new account, you've mathematically added positive 20. And if you then physically withdraw $5, you've mathematically added negative 5, or subtracted 5. Okay, how about debts? Let's say the entirety of your life savings is contained in the $100 you have in your pocket, and you borrow $20 from a friend. Does that mean your net worth is now $120? No. Remember, you borrowed that $20, and you have to pay it back. So you have a $20 debt. As we talked about in the episode on negative integers, this debt can be represented by a negative number, in this case, negative $20. So your net worth is the $100 you started with, plus the $20 you borrowed and put in your pocket, plus negative $20 to account for your debt. The total, $100. In other words, your net worth hasn't changed. Now, what happens if your friend is amazingly generous and tells you not to worry about paying back the loan? Well, since debts are included in our calculation of your net worth by adding negative numbers, it follows that forgiven debts are included by subtracting negative numbers. So if your friend in our example forgave the $20 debt you owed, your net worth would be expressed as the initial $100 you started with, plus the $20 you borrowed, plus negative $20 to account for your debt, minus negative $20 to account for the forgiven debt. When you do the arithmetic here, you get a total of $120. Your net worth increased since your friend effectively gave you $20. So, whenever you're given a problem about adding and subtracting positive and negative integers, you can think about it in terms of monetary transactions. For instance, let's say you're confronted by the problem 100 plus 20 plus negative 20 minus negative 20 you can solve it by imagining you've instead been asked 
$100 plus $20 plus negative $20 minus negative $20, and then applying the exact same line of reasoning about borrowing money from your generous friend that we used before. But wait a minute. We've spent several episodes talking about adding and subtracting integers by visualizing walking along the number line. And now I'm telling you to think of all this in terms of monetary transactions instead. How can both work? Well, imagine you start with $0 in your pocket, then add $100, then add another $20, and so on. Sound familiar? It should. That process is exactly analogous to starting at 0 on the number line, walking 100 steps in the positive direction, then another 20, and so on. The important point is that adding and subtracting positive and negative numbers has many possible interpretations, all of which are equally valid. As we discussed in the very first MathDude episode, each of these interpretations simply represents a different application of the underlying abstract mathematical concept. The good news is this type of ambiguity won't get you into trouble when solving problems. It just gives you options about how to think about them. The next type of ambiguity is not so kind, however. It can definitely cause you some grief if you're not careful. A few listeners have asked about my inclusion of zero in the set of natural numbers. Is zero actually a natural number? As per the theme of this episode, the answer is ambiguous. It depends. How can that be? Math is precise, right? Well, usually, but not always. In this case, there are two conventions commonly used to define the set of natural numbers. One includes zero, and one doesn't. For various reasons, the definition including zero has grown in popularity in certain circles, but both are still used routinely. And while I'm personally fond of the definition that includes zero, it's been pointed out to me that many, if not most, textbooks used in schools do not include zero in the set of natural numbers. Now, I don't want to lead anybody astray, so I thought it was important to address the question, which definition should you use? And if there's not a right answer, why does any of this even matter? Well, my response is simple, and it's especially important if you're a student. Here's the quick and dirty tip. Always solve problems using the definitions preferred by your instructor. If they include zero, you should too. If not, then you shouldn't either. Otherwise, your answers to their questions might be wrong, and I really don't want that to happen. The bottom line is, pay attention to definitions in math. Otherwise, this mathematical ambiguity could bite. All right, that's all the math we have time for right now. Start your electric journey right here, right now. With a Volvo XC90 Recharge, our plug-in hybrid SUV with extended range. For more everyday electric journeys on a single charge with a hybrid option for longer adventures. Contact your local retailer to book a test drive or design your own vehicle at volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. The electric car with a backup plan. Remember, you can listen to, read, and subscribe to all the Math Dude episodes, as well as the other great Quick and Dirty Tips podcast at quickanddirtytips.com. Please email math questions and comments to mathdude at quickanddirtytips.com. Follow The Math Dude on Twitter at twitter.com slash Jason Marshall and become a fan on Facebook. If you like what you've heard and have a few minutes to spare, I'd greatly appreciate receiving your reviews on iTunes. While you're there, please subscribe to the podcast to ensure you'll receive all the new Math Dude episodes as soon as they're available. 
Until next time, this is Jason Marshall with the Math Dude's quick and dirty tips to make math easier. Thanks for listening, math fans. Start your electric journey right here, right now. With a Volvo XC90 Recharge, our plug-in hybrid SUV with extended range. For more everyday electric journeys on a single charge with a hybrid option for longer adventures. Contact your local retailer to book a test drive or design your own vehicle at volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-in Hybrid. The electric car with a backup plan.